know, last week we were speaking, I was sharing with you, the Lord told me to start this year off speaking on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing how many ministers you hear on TV and how many books are coming out about the fruit of the Spirit. And, of course, last week we got into first of the fruit of the Spirit, of course, is love. And then we got into 1 Corinthians 13 where love is patient. And, and I was going to go on and we're going to go on to some other ones today. But the Lord just had me just go back to the word love is patient. And what you could tell by this couple, and as you're going to hear in the message as we study Jesus, that Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of Jesus. And we've sung all of our life to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I want is to be like Him all through life's journey. From earth to glory, all I want to be is be like Him. How many of you know that to be like Jesus is to have the fruit of Jesus? We're going to study some things about His life in this area of patience. Then we're going to go into some of the others. But I just want to remind you last week what I shared with you. The first thing it said in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 was, Love suffereth long. And it means to practice patience with the weaknesses of others. Not to be soon hasty or angry. And I want to give you a scripture the Lord gave me, 2 Thessalonians 3. Look with me in 2 Thessalonians 3. And I want to give you the scripture here. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5. And this is the Living Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding. Say that with me. A full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. May God give you a full understanding. May the Lord give us a full understanding of of the love of God and the patience and expression of the love, patient endurance of Jesus Christ. Exodus 34, 6 and 7 says, The Lord, the God, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy unto a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, transgressions, and sins. Aren't you thankful that we have a merciful God? Amen. It says here that He is a God who is a God of loving kindness. And we read in 2 Thessalonians that we are to come to an understanding of the expression of the patience and the love of God. Last week I shared with you in Romans 15.1 in the NIV it says, We who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. The Lord talks there about learning to be, and I'm going to show you this word, long-suffering or patient even in the midst of troubles and problems, what I didn't give you last week was some of the definition in the Greek. And uh, you may want to write this down. Uh, one of the definitions for long-suffering or patience is to withhold punishment. And what we hear about God and the fruit of Jesus Christ in our love and what He wants to, us to get into our lives is the patience to withhold punishment. How many of you know a lot of times in marriage, a wife or a husband is capable of trying to punish the other. Well, they won't say, I'm going to punish you. Sometimes they may tell you, I'm going to punish you. But they'll punish you in giving you the cold shoulder, giving you the cold feet, (laughs) giving you the silent treatment, telling you, I don't love you no more, telling you things to hurt you purposely that they may not mean, but they know or hurt you. 
And that word patience and, and long-suffering means to withhold punishment, not to punish them. It means, write this down, to pass over sins and hurts, to pass over them. And listen to this. It means long-suffering is that quality of self-restraint in the face of provocation. Have you ever been provoked at work with your loved ones, in your marriage? That long-suffering, that patience comes to the place in the, in the place of being provoked. And we're going to see some things here. Which does not hastily retaliate or punish. It is the opposite of anger and it is associated with mercy and is used of God. Patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or give way under trial. Now, there's some things I want you, I want you just to hear me as I share with you. In Isaiah 53, if you want to take this note down, in Isaiah 53, verse 7, it says that as a sheep was led before its shearers, that he remained silent. And I want to show you a few scriptures today that that word long-suffering and silent is... That word long-suffering and patience is the word silent. And I want you to write that down. That instead of provoking, instead of retaliating, instead of charging, it means to be like Christ. And when Christ was brought as a lamb before the shearers, and as they took away Jesus' clothing so that He might clothe us, as they took away the honor of His name, as they took away the honor of him as a man or even God and man. As they sheared him and they ridiculed him and they treated him as the worst of all sinners, as the worst of all criminals. He opened not his mouth. And I want to read some scriptures and I want you to show the first of that. The Lord gave me this as I was praying uh, for a couple yesterday, and I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 26, because I want you to get a real revelation, because that's what we read about getting revelation and understanding before we go on to the next point. I want you to see it in Matthew chapter 26, and I want you to get a revelation of this. Matthew 26, verse 62, talking about our Christ. As a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Look at Matthew 26, verse 62. And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. Jesus did what? He kept silent. Now look in chapter 27, Verse 12, chapter 27, verse 12. Look what it says here. And while he was being accused, my brother and sister, have you ever been accused? What do we do when we're accused? We want to launch back. We want to protect ourselves. We want to get even. We want to get back. But look at this here. Uh, while he was being accused by the chief priest and elders, he answered nothing. Verse 13. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word. Now look at this. So the governor marveled greatly. When you decide 
to take the fruit of patience and long-suffering. And you make the decision, even in the heat of the trial and the moment, I'm not going to answer this back in the way it's being said to me. I'm not going to retaliate and find something to tear them down. You know, I can't stand you. So what? You're fat. You know, I just, I don't like the way you store at night. Well, I don't like the way you steal the covers. Or you go to work and, and somebody tells you, you know, I just cannot stand working with you. I don't like the way you smack your gum. And then you go, well, you know what? I don't like the way you look. And there's all this retaliating. And all, we, all this going back and forth. And I want you to see here, I never knew that the word patient and long-suffering comes from the Hebrew word silence. That it takes the, the life, the grace, the grace. Now, you can't do this on your own. It takes the grace of God that while they are in your face accusing you, well, you're just a horrible daddy. You're just a horrible mother. I'm like I am because of the way you raised me. You, you, you don't think somebody married to you wouldn't be drove to drinking? When somebody's just in your face, you know, if I would have married my high school sweetheart, I'd have a two-story house instead of a trailer house. While someone's accusing you to your face. If you want to make the devil and their flesh marvel. And let the battle be God's and not yours. The spirit of patience and long suffering. Comes up on the inside of us and causes us to remain silent. And quiet. Because, listen, when I'm silent and I'm quiet. It allows God to be heard. Listen, I want you to see something. When they were lying against Jesus and, and, and he says he knew they crucified him because of envy. And envy is one of the things we'll be getting into. While they were slapping him, he could have said, why are you slapping me? But he remained quiet in patience. When they stuck that thorn of, those thorns, uh, the crown of thorns upon his head and they pushed it down and they hit him on top of the head with a stick. And the Roman soldiers beat him with his fist. He could have said, why are you hitting me? As they were nailing him to the cross and he said that his bones were staring at him because they were out of joint. He could have said, Father! Why are you doing this to me? As he was hanging upon that cross and in his bloodshot eyes through dehydration and pain as he was looking at, at today and he was all, going through all that pain, he was saying, Why are my people so lukewarm? Why are they so indifferent? Why are they so calloused? Why are they so far from me? Why would, why would I even continue to go through this for people in the future who will not even care? But he remained silent. Do you realize he had to practice long-suffering 
Because he, in the natural, as a natural man, could have did what happened in the very beginning in the book of Exodus that when Moses came down with the law of God and Aaron, because of a lack of long-suffering and patience, had built a golden calf. And they were worshiping golden calf because they figured Moses was dead. So they built a golden calf and they were worshiping as Moses came down and he told them to decide between serving God and be serving, serving Baal. And, and those who served Baal, he threw the Ten Commandments. The earth opened up and swallowed thousands of them whole. And it's not the only instance. It was also in the book of Joshua where the earth opened up and swallowed the people whole for breaking commandments and worshiping a cow. Now, God is on the cross. And all it would have taken, He said, I could call 10,000 angels. All it could have taken was for the Creator of the earth to say, Swallow them whole! I'm not going through this. Swallow. Let the earth open up and swallow every Roman and Pharisee and Sadducee. Earth, swallow them up. He remained silent. When he opened his mouth, he had such love, patience, and self-control. He shouted, my God, my God, forgive them. For they know not what they do. God had to turn his back. Not to take revenge and spite upon those who were killing his only begotten son. Aren't you going to answer back? Don't you know it's in my hands to release you or to condemn you? And he answered not a word. At work, at school, at home. We are called Christians. But when I read this, it got me deep down. Because to have the patience of my Savior, the fruit of Jesus. To the point that when I am being accused, while I am being attacked, while I am being called names, whatever it may be, to pray, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the fruit of patience to remain silent. How many of you married couples know? If you've been married a number of years, like we've been married going 27, and, and as men were sharing Friday night, the longer you're married, the less you talk. You just learn to be quiet. Things go a little better. I see some smiles here, so I know I'm okay. You just don't say nothing. And the storm passes by, male or female, husband or wife. At work, instead of talking back, cursing back, retaliating, here we see the word of the Lord says, and Jesus even said, you see, I was brought as a sheep before the shearers, and I remained dumb and opened not my mouth. I remained silent. That word silent, they're patient under tribulation. It causes the enemy to marvel and it causes God the opportunity to work for the people to say, wow, I have never met a real Christian in my life, but now I believe I have come face to face with a true confessor 
of Jesus Christ. I've ran into a lot of church people. Do you know what? This whole country is turned off because of church people. But through the fruit of the Spirit and being like Christ, being patient, long-suffering, silent when I usually would speak up, I believe the world will start seeing, wow, there really are true Christians. That's what God wants. He, you see, why do they want to eat our fruit if our fruit is not what they really want? And Jesus could have retaliated and He could have spoken back. And, 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 and I want you to see these other Scriptures. Look at Mark 15. Let me give you one more. Mark 15. Silence under pressure. Mark chapter 15, verse 3. And the chief priests accused him of many things. Many things. Have you ever been accused of many things? But he answered nothing. Did Pilate ask him again saying, do you answer nothing? See how many things they are testifying against you? But Jesus still answered nothing so that Pilate marveled. That's how I want to be. Now listen, is it easy? Is it hard? Listen, in the natural, it's impossible at times. How many have ever bit your tongue till it bled? Or your lip? Or your tongue and your lip? How many ever said, you know, I'm just going to tell them what I feel. I'm going to tell them what I think. You know, I'm tired of, you know, I don't have to put up with this. Remember Jesus. He didn't have to either. This is what they used to call the crucified life message. But it's still the true gospel for today. With all the rights that government and we have given ourselves, the Word of God speaks of areas that we have surrendered. We sung it today. I surrender. But yet, I still have the right. I want to speak up for myself. May God give us the patience to better be quiet and be silent in times that we need to. Look at Colossians chapter 1 with me. Colossians chapter 1. Always like giving you a number of scriptures to confirm these things. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 11. Well, let's look at verse 10. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing Him. Being fruitful. Somebody say being fruitful. In every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, with all patience and long-suffering with joy. All patience and long-suffering with joy. And listen, this does not come just by hearing this message. It comes... By crying out for mercy and grace, 
meditating on the Word of God. But listen, it also comes, let me give you an example. My, my wife breastfed, and, and, and then, you know, the bottle, and how many went through the chupete, what you call the chupete, the, uh, the, the pacifier. How many kids had the pacifier? How many of you had to, how many of you could just take it and throw it away and, and the kid never cried for it? Okay, well, okay, two, three, three. Oh, you had a, you had a pacifier? No, you know, no, no. Three people. But how many of y'all had to wean your child off of the pacifier in the bottle? Slowly at a time. I want the pacifier. Quiero chupete. It's, I don't know, it's gone. The dog took it. How many of you had to lie and, and wean your kid off of the bottle and the pacifier? How many of you know it didn't happen overnight? We had this kid in Argentina. He was just like Linus. He was addicted to a blue blanket till he was six, five or six years old. The dirtiest blue blanket and a blue teddy bear and a pacifier. Kid had some problems. <laughs> and you had to finally wean it. Wean him. Well, we wean ourselves slowly, not overnight, from talking back. The more we wean ourselves from something, the easier it becomes not having it a part of our life anymore. Amen, church? Weaning our, we, we, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, slowly getting off. Of these things that hold us down. How many wants a scripture for the end times? Everybody's talking about the end times. Let me give you a scripture about the end times. Look at me in Revelation chapter 3. Why is this so needed? Why do I have to go through so much? What well, for one is to be like Christ. But look what it says here in Revelation chapter 3. Verse 10. Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. This is the English Standard Version. Listen to what it says here. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. That no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. I shall write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven on my new name. And he who hear, who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. I love the message translation. Look what it says. It says, because you have kept my word in passionate patience. Message translation. Write that down. Because you have kept my word with passionate patience. Because of the tribulation that is coming on the whole world. How many of you believe we're at the beginning of tribulation like we have never been before? Well, I am telling you one of the keys that's going to be able to help us from losing our crown and losing our reward and losing our victory. It's going to be 
having a passion for patience, learning to remain silent in the end times when everything doesn't make any sense and you want to fuss about the government and you want to fuss about the laws and you want to fuss about the changes and you want to fuss about the bankruptcies and you want to fuss about the thieves and you want to fuss about everything that's going on. We have just begun to see the beginning of a huge tribulation. We are seeing things that are going on. And if we don't watch it, CNN, Fox, whoever it is, is going to steal our crown because we will stop having patience and start living in anger. And instead of believing and praying, we'll start ridiculing, murdering and destroying. You hear me, church? Passionate patience. How I many you know we're going to have to have patience with one another? Because you may be going through a horrible day. You might have got a notice. You might have believed you will not lose your jobs. But people, you know, will lose your job. Or, or things may be going on. And what am I going to do? The Word says, be passionate about patience. It's in the Word. Be passionate about patience. You see, we hear about being passionate about a lot of things. But we don't hear about being passionate about patience. Well, what is patience? One thing, long-suffering. Being quiet. Yeah, I have a right to speak up. Yeah, I can, uh, I can call the fifth and the third and the second and the first. Yeah, I can call all the amendments and I can say, you know, I have just as much right as anybody else. And Jesus is on his throne and he's looking down and he's saying, be passionate about patience. Answer back not a word. Am I preaching Bible church? I tell you, he started me up. I have... I had 27 books on my desk this week. You could ask Jay. Digging and looking and seeking. Because there's something here that I have not gotten like I need to get and the body hasn't gotten and we're going to get it and we're going to learn. How can we who are strong bear the weaknesses of the weak unless we get this that I cannot punish you, I cannot reject you, I cannot send you to hell or say you'll never make it. I can never give up on my brother because of the passion of patience that the Spirit of God is developing on the inside of me that I have not given up on you so I you do not give up on them amen church I can't tell you I feel the urgency of what the spirit of God is trying to say and of course quickly let me try to give you the next so I can at least get this next one done kindness kindness Let me tell you something about kindness. If we're going to be kind, we're going to have to be patient. How many of you have ever been kind and has been slapped back in your face? Oh, in South America. The buses, everybody rides buses, so you'll put almost 100 people on a bus. So people have to stand up and hold on. And we lived in the mountains, so I mean, you know, it's pretty rough. So I'd get up and give older ladies and pregnant ladies and ladies my seat and get up and hold on to the thing. And they would never even look at me. No thank you. Nothing. And I'm standing there and I start thinking, you are so rude. (laughs) 
you ought to at least smile at me. And you're not even smiling at me. And I'm falling all over the place here. And I got up and I gave you a seat. And you don't even have the decency for a smile. Have you ever gone through that? When we went to mission school in 84 and 85, my mama trained me. Oh, Russell, always be a gentleman. Russell, always be a gentleman. So we'd go to school and I'd open the door, let the people out, hold the door open for the ladies, and they just pass by, wouldn't even tell me thank you. And sometimes I wanted to slam that door. <laughs> I'm telling you what I thought. I wanted to slam that door. And I would tell Cindy, you know, I held the door open for sister so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And do you know I didn't even get a thank you? I quit. They can open their own door. Why isn't any of these other guys opening doors? Why is it always me? The last one to get in the lunchroom have to end up standing in the back of the line because I'm holding the doors to make everybody. And I went through this for the whole year. And I'm standing there hardly ever thank you or anything like that. I'm standing there holding the door open. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bragging on me. I'm just I'm using this as an example. Come graduation night, my aunt had flown down and other people and listening to the Valley Victorian and everybody winning their awards who were winning awards. And I'm just sitting there listening. You know, I didn't do too good in, in, in uh, all my studies, so I'm just listening. I didn't expect nothing. And they call my name. What, for the worst student or the least likely to succeed? And they called my name in. Hey, they got me an award. I have it at the house. They got me an award. And it's for the politest gentleman. They've never gave this award before. And while I wanted to kick some old ladies, <laughs> while I wanted to slam the door on some people's faces, while I wanted to quit, Holding the door open, my mama's voice wouldn't leave me alone. Son, if anybody's going to have a bad attitude, let the other person have the bad attitude. My mama's voice, even though she had gone on to glory, she was still haunting me about, you be a gentleman no matter what. When I wanted to quit opening that door, huh, babe? Uh, it, it's, she's right here. She, you could tell her I got the award at home. You could ask, you could ask Nathan Martin. He was there and Brother Buddy and them. They were there for the graduation. When, when I was holding that door, I was, I could hear, and I wanted to quit. I could hear my mama saying, son, I trained you to be a gentleman. No matter how they treat you, if they don't say thank you, you keep being who I trained you to be. My mama wouldn't leave, my, my mama, my mama, my mama, my mama wouldn't leave me alone. My mama wouldn't leave me alone. And they called me up and they and, and gave me this award for being never had the, the, what had happened was the dean and the principals and everybody would watch through the window. And the dean, and the principal come graduation said, we want to give Russell Cobb an award because we were watching him through the windows. And he was always helping with the chairs, opening the doors, being a gentleman. And though we've never done this award before, we want to give him an award for being a gentleman. And they called me up and gave me that award. And the lady who gave it to me said, I, I guess it's for being Southern, huh? I said, no, ma'am. It's because I had a mama who stayed on me. My son, you hold the door open for a woman. But you see there? On the inside, I was angry. I was hurt. I felt used. I felt stupid. I, you feel stupid being kind. 
I felt stupid. Well, book, Gomer, go ahead and just, Gomer, just go ahead and hold the door open, Gomer. You feel stupid, you know? I didn't know the big dogs were watching. You got to remember, the judge is watching. The judge is watching. Heard about this little girl went in to get an ice cream and the stewardess came up and saw it was just a little girl and she had all kind of change on the table. And so she goes, what you want, little girl? She says, ma'am, how much is an ice cream sundae? $1.75. So she counted and the waitress was there. And she goes, okay, well, how much is just a regular ice cream? $1.50. She says, okay, I'll take the regular ice cream. So the stewardess went and got her regular ice cream, came, waitress, I mean, came, threw it on the table, and the little girl ate up and then left, and the waitress went to clean up and goes, oh, look at this, and saw there was two pennies and a nickel. And the little girl decided to get just a plain ice cream to be able to afford to leave the waitress a tip. And she had had an attitude and was angry and was mad because here I am waiting on these people and the little girl did without the nuts and the cream and everything else so that she could have her 25-cent tip. How many times we have an opportunity that God is looking from His throne to reward the kindness because kindness is a fruit. And let me tell you something. Most, a lot of times, people will not see it, will not recognize it, may never glorify you. You may go to your grave and it may not be known by, in public, things you do and have done. But we have a Heavenly Father who keeps a record. And we can't forget, no matter what, how cruel the world is, we're not of the world. We're called to be kind. We're called to be considerate. That's why I thank God so much for these guys who sacrificed to drive these little carts around. I walked outside one day and I saw a lady, uh, a lady on the end and she looked up the parking lot and it was like, oh, I got to climb this. So I told the guys, I said, come on, we're going to buy some golf carts and they won't have to do that anymore. These ladies with these car seats. And, and, and you know, these guys sacrificed. But you know what? Great is their reward. I see Brother Marvin, Sister Minnie comes, and I'll see Brother Marvin grab the walker in front of Sister Minnie and help her come and get to her seat and help her down. And I see Brother Donald, Brother Donald Laborde. He's a licensed, ordained minister of God, and you see him up there serving, opening the doors for ladies, loving on people, and so many ushers and greeters, so many people just sacrificing, giving them themselves, so many people who are kind. And many times you feel, my kindness will not be rewarded. Oh, yes, it will. God help us in the times we have our bad attitudes like I had and I fought it. But even though, thank God, even though I had the bad attitude and I wanted to slam the door, I didn't. And God taught me a lesson that in the long run, it pays off. Just because the world is cruel and like, this is my buggy. Or a lady's coming and she wants to get in the parking I was here first. You just have to learn. You need to walk anyway. Or whatever's going on, kindness will always pay off. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? It means to be active in doing good all the time. Helpful in showing favor, reaching out, giving, and helping. 
Galatians 6, 9 says, So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Ephesians 4.32. Listen to this. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted and forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Listen to these things. I'll be ending with this. A kind word picks up a man when trouble weighs him down. And I thought about the people who died in this crash. Listen to this. Never part without loving words. They might be your last. Did any of those 49 people have regrets that they might have said something or not said something when they were leaving home for the last time without knowing it? How many people don't know that it's their time and they're getting ready to go? Leave the house mad. Leave the job mad. Leave the kids mad or whatever it may be. And just go. Not knowing it's the last time. And the last word I told them will be the last word they'll remember forever. Be kind. Every person you meet is fighting a difficult battle. Listen to this one. Be kind to people until you make your first million. After that, they'll be kind to you. (laughs) Be kind to everyone. You'll never know who might just show up as jury duty at your trial. There's nothing so kingly as kindness and nothing royal as truth. Kindness, I love this. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Be kind to unkind people. They need it the most. Kindness is the ability to treat your enemy decently. Kindness is the oil that takes the friction out of life. The kindest people are those who forgive and forget. Listen to this one. Kindness is the ability to love people more than they really deserve. Love is kind, helpful, giving, showing, favoring. Love does not resent evil. It does not reveal in the hurt or the neglect, revile in the hurt and the neglect. Love reaches out in kindness and helpfulness and giving and in showing favors upon the person who neglects or hurts himself. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. The greatest pleasure in life is to do a good turn in secret and have it discovered by accident. Oh God, when I am wrong, make me easy to change. And when I am right, make me easy to live with. (laughs) The only ones you should try to get even with are those who have helped you. (laughs) Isn't that good? Huh? You know, there was a story that was about an Argentine golfer. He had just won the championship and got this huge check. And when he was going to his car, this lady came up to him and said, Sir, please, sir, my, my, my daughter's dying of a rare blood disease. Is there any way you could give me any money to help my daughter live? And this man who just won the championship golf wrote her out a check and gave her this check. And she took off. And then after that, this man came up to her, to him later on and said, Remember that lady came up to you and asked you for some money for a sick daughter or something? He says, yeah, I do. How, how is it? Well, she don't even have a daughter. She was lying, and she was just going around trying to get money. You know what the golfer said? That's the greatest news I've ever heard. What? Her child's not dying. 
That's the greatest news I ever heard. Her child's not dying. That's something. There was an old shoemaker who was reading his word and Jesus said, I'm coming to visit you tomorrow. He says, you come and see me tomorrow? I'm coming to see you tomorrow. So the old shoemaker got get ready and he got up early in the morning. All of a sudden, here comes this old veteran. Asked for some money and he gave him some money. No widow came with a crying baby. He gave him some money. Another lady came with a child who had robbed an apple and was bringing to the police and he gave the money for the, the apple to ask if the child, if they let the child go. The child was hungry. These different ones came by and this poor shoemaker did what he could to try to help him. Came that night, he sat down, he says, Jesus, I waited for you all day. He happened to open his Bible to Matthew 25 and he says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And he said, Jesus did visit me. Jesus did visit me. Listen, in these trying times when people are going to be angry, bitter, resentful, we cannot be part of that crowd. When people are going to be angry and bitter and lashing out, trying to start riots or whatever it may be, we cannot be part of that crowd. We're called to walk like Christ. He's looking for fruit. The world is looking for fruit. Now, I shared with you, it takes time to develop. You've got to be in the right atmosphere. You've got to have the right soil. You've got to have the right seeds. But the Word says time and time again, it's worth everything we put into being kind. It'll take patience. It'll take long-suffering. Because how many know, people will try your patience. Circumstances will try your patience. How many of you ever heard things you couldn't believe you'd ever hear? See things you thought you'd never see, but you know what? My eyes are more on Jesus than they are on the things that I see and the things that I hear. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. So let's stand. Please.